You are now listening to The Sooner Serve. everybody welcome back to the sooner surge it's thanksgiving week hope everybody had some turkey and enjoyed time with family we got our pregame pod here but before we get started make sure you go follow us on twitter at the sooner surge as well as instagram and please leave us a review on this podcast we'd love your feedback jackson go ahead and get us started today OU will be taking on texas tech saturday at 6 30 p.m Final game of the of the uh, regular season, so there's still it's kind of a couple unanswered questions going into this game. Some things we haven't seen from this team all year. So, what are you guys expecting? I think this is this is a game where you kind of would just want to build on some things from last week. The defense has definitely played better. Uh, now it's time to prove that you know the the light bulbs come on the the switch is flipped whatever analogy or cliche you want to say but uh, they definitely played better and maybe things are starting to click down there on the defensive side of the ball so it's one thing i'm looking forward to is uh seeing on the defensive side if we can continue the tackling uh that we've had the last couple of weeks great tackling being in position for plays not having bust creating some turnovers, things like that. So I'm excited for that on the defensive side of the ball tomorrow. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also, the the environment's going to be good, too. So I, I mean, I'll get to experience that firsthand, but for how small the town is, there's you can feel the environment already. I mean, every, everyone was out tonight, really. I mean, you're in, I, you're in freaking love it, dude. I know. Love it, Texas. There's not much to do out here, and the drive exactly. is pretty boring. But I'm we drove all the way out here to see the Sooners play, and we came out here to see them win. So, well, I, I look at it as you got two six and five football teams, and you know we've seen a lot of bowl scenarios for OU, and I think this is big because you get this win, you get the seven five guaranteed a five hundred record, and I just think as far as the team you play, it's gonna be more known team. So it's going to be better overall for that aspect. Um, but, you know, I, I, I need to see the offense improve this week. I need to see Dick Gabriel. And, and this may be his last game. I, I don't know. It could be his last game, regular season game as a Sooner. I don't know what he's looking at doing next year. But I need a complete game from Dylan Gabriel. Haven't seen it yet this year, really a complete game. Maybe Nebraska, but not since then, probably. I mean, I can't think of one that's just been – Really good. He had a good Kansas game. Um, but I want to see a really good – what I'd really like to see the end of the season before a bowl game is a great – another great effort by the defense and also a solid performance by the offense for full quarters. Well, there's really – I mean, there's no excuse tomorrow for the offense to not have a record day. Their best pass rusher and tackler and one who's going to be causing pressure is out. So – he should have all day. I know we're going to be out. Andrew Rame, who had surgery this last week, uh, hopefully recovers quickly and fully from that. But so Congo's at center. Uh, but I, I've not heard status on, you know, Wanye Morris or anything. Do you guys know the status on that? But uh, we'll, we'll take that in a minute. But 
the defensive side for, for Texas Tech is they're not great. This should not be a, an issue for OU as far as being able to move the ball, especially on the ground, really, in and in the air. So, yeah, like you said, it's Gabriel's got to step up. Especially, yeah. especially with Anton, Anton Harrison, you know, that matchup against was there going to be their best pass rusher not going to be playing now. And, you know, we saw the – everybody saw the tweets today from Anton Harrison. Sounds like it's his last regular season game with these guys. Probably opting out of the bowl. Um, I don't know if you all saw that, but that's kind of what I read from the tweet today is just his last ride with these boys. So, um, you know, I expect him to fully dominate that left side. Yeah, for sure. And also um... – you know, speaking of the offense, you know, there's going to be some gusts of wind down here. It's always like that during this time of the year because it's really flat and the colder it gets, the more uh, wind gusts they get. So, hey, Jackson, and, real quick, and, Jackson, real quick question. Yeah. Um, are you like a Lubbock aficionado now? I, mean, I feel like you kind of know know the history of Lubbock. You kind of know their weather. Are you, have you become a local well, Lubbock guy? I mean, what's going on? No, but I we've been out uh, and about this afternoon. How many hours have you been in Lubbock, Jackson? We got here at around 4:45. I thought maybe you've been there for five years or something. You sound like a you do sound like an aficionado. Is it is that a place you'd like to live? Uh, no, it's not too ideal here. There's nothing. It's pretty boring. But I have mean, you had any tortillas? You know, uh, nope. But uh, tomorrow night. I know they do something with tortillas, the student section does, so I don't know. You, you should know, so just tell us about it tomorrow. All right. The only, yeah, only well, downfall is if the offense plays amazing, Michael Turk's not going to get many opportunities to punt the ball and, and uh, kind of clarify and uh, cinch his way into the Ray Guy award, which he should not yeah, I agree. He he pretty much cinched that up last week, I would think, averaging 50 yards over 11 punts. But really, hey, I uh, – Hunter, update on the – as you all know, Hunter's up there. Where are we at, Hunter? Uh, so, unions are settled for a field goal. So, I'm going to have the ball with the chance to win it. Oh, finally. Five overtime game, high school game of the century. Hunter's been there. Six OTs. Six OTs. Hunter's been there all day as he watched the Bigsby Spartans uh, get redemption against the Jinx Trojans. I don't think there's any shocker in that, but I wish Haas was going down to Norman. I know Hunter had uh, uh, kind of a point-blank view of some talent down there at Bigsby. Uh, But, yeah, tomorrow, really – I'd like to. I did see a, someone posted today about questioning whether Marvin Mims is coming back. That they they have, a, a ch- they think that there's a good chance he comes back next year, which I, I don't well, see that, guys. Uh, well, okay, I can tell you a lot of what I've heard. Anton Harrison and Eric Gray and all the guys that have to leave are the ones that are for sure gone. Jalen Redmond. Wait, is hey, a guy hey, Jackson, who, Jackson, who and yeah. Anton Harrison doesn't have to leave. Hey, if no, 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 no. Yeah. No, that's not what I was saying. I was saying that Anton Harrison and Eric Gray are guys that are going to leave, plus oh, okay. all the other guys that have to leave. So, gotcha. 
I mean, unless OU can offer him a really nice NIL deal. Well, but you know, I mean, like Jalen Redmond, I I've heard Brandon Drum talk about as a guy who is really considering going to the NFL draft, which he probably shouldn't do because I'm not even sure he'll get drafted, which doesn't make much sense because he really hasn't put up production except for the last couple weeks this year. Well, that's kind of been his MO kind of throughout his career is the injury bug has just kind of killed his consistency on the field. I feel like every year at the end of the year, he's kind of peaking. I don't see him coming back, guys. Jalen Redmond's not going to – I mean, he's not going to have a spot. Yeah, that's I mean I mean this guy they just got, Lacey, is gonna I would think he's gonna compete for playing time right away. Yeah, there's several guys. I the D line's where we got some dogs coming in, dude. We got some big dogs coming in. I don't know that Raymond's that Redmond stays around with all the health issues and other things. He might be a team guy and do that, but if he can get any chance at being next level, I see him him gone. Well, and you mentioned Marvin Mims, but I've been hearing a lot, and I look. I actually watched some tape. DJ Graham, guys, at receiver, he's not a slouch. This guy, you can watch his tape. In fact, I think I saw somewhere he was ranked ahead of Marvin Mims in high school. So yeah, I've heard he from, was I've like heard from some coaches high four star. They expect him. Yeah, they expect him to produce next year at receiver. So, quick update, uh, Russell just won the game. Yes. So wow. So, speaking of receiver oh. there, is there any chance we could see Cole Adams next week, guys? He's playing yep. next week. Also, World updated an article that changed it from him being out for four months to just being out for all of regular season. Well, oh, wow, guys. We heard it here right there that Hunter – is, is stating that Cole Adams is going to play next week in the state title game against Bigsby. Has Cole Adams already committed to Alabama, or was there talk that OU was going to offer him? He's committed. He's out there committed. Yeah, if there's any way he OU flips, offers, guys. No, no. Will, it, will he flip? Will he flip since Evan? No, he will not be the guy that flips. It's going to be Tease, I think. Micah Tease is the guy. Who would he rather have? Oh, I'd rather have Cole Adams over Micah Tease. Hey, I think the best solution, since I don't think Adams flips, is to uh, offer a package for the four Dixie guys. Newgate, Snyder, Dylan, and Luke has. I mean, those kids are unreal. Newgate especially, uh Runs a four four seven forty, and I mean uh-huh. wide receiver and yeah. that safety. Kale, uh, uh, well, Kale and Track he ran a he reached the twenty three mile an hour club. I saw Hunter you uh, tagged J.R. Sandlin and Brent Venables today in a tweet about those four guys. Yeah, I mean, there's Dylan is a must have. He's the perfect guy to replace Braden Willis since we're losing him after this year. And uh, if you're going to get uh, Luke, you got to get the other three, Dylan, Fugate, and Jacob Snyder. Well, Are they a package also, deal? Uh, 
Yes, I know. Well, I can tell you what I've heard. I know that Dylan has had some thought about decommitting from Arkansas and going somewhere where he has a full offer. Because he only has a PWO to Arkansas. So, you know, I... You think, I, I but why would OU offer him? He's I mean, good. He's he's really good. Yeah, he is. I mean, he, he stated really as, oh, he's just going there with guns of Luke, but he, he is a good football player. He's hey, one hey, that's hey, honestly deserving of playing the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, if OU did offer those three guys and Fugate, Snyder and Dylan has OU fans will start freaking out saying that our recruiting is lost because we can only offer three stars again. We've gone on that path, but really, these kids are good players. If they if they played at a school like Austin Westlake or something like that in Texas, they would all be three four star recruits. There's no reason to not go after them. Look at Bixby. Bixby had a 58 game win streak, and then those are. I mean, the four captains of the team week in, week out. Uh, honestly, the four best players on the field, you should absolutely get them. They're in-state guys. Okay. There's no reason to not get them. I, hey, I, I totally understand that. I don't know about scholar. I, I don't know how many scholarships we can offer, guys. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, guys, but I guarantee two to three of those would have to be preferred walk-ons. We're not offering. We're not offering anybody but Luke. Mm-hmm. I well, I mean, hey, well, I mean, I think all of them would probably take it. So. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's. I'm not saying they're not coming to OU, but as far as the number of scholarships and who else is coming in, yeah, I mean, if I mean with the NIL now, it changes everything. You don't have to get a full ride uh, when you're getting. NIL deals and other things, so there's some ways around that maybe, but I do I do agree with that they're winners. I mean, that's all they've done their whole career is win. So hey, that part, offered, yeah, I totally who agree. Has off, who has offered Fugat and Snyder? Uh, I know Air Force, Navy, and Army have all offered all three of them. I know that um, I think Snyder – has had interest by Tulsa. He's talked to Tulsa quite a bit. I don't think he gets an offer. But they only have those offers. And I think Dylan has also as North Texas. Hey, to see, while we're kind of talking about this stuff, I know we got, you know, we we're talking about pregame, but as far as the portal, as far as the guys go that's on the roster right now, I mean, we've seen a few. We've already seen Clayton Smith, I think, not on Cavante roster. Cavante Henry, too. Cavante Henry, not on roster. How many of these guys do we lose to the portal and any big names? Well, Jalen Ross well, said yesterday on his podcast that uh, 15 it's going to be I've heard quite that. a bit that are going to be gone. So that's really my biggest reasoning on uh, getting these kids from Bigsby there is if we're going to be losing guys, we may as well get the ones that are not being looked at nationally since they're in state. and I mean, they're the best players in the state. Hey, Hunter, Hunter, question. If if we lose 15 to 20 guys, what's the reasoning for them leaving? What, what in your opinion, what, uh, is, what are they, they, they running from? What are they leaving for? They can't handle uh, Schmitty and Venables' culture. 100% is what it is. They, uh, hey, a lot of those well, guys on the roster are already, they weren't necessarily recruited by uh, those guys. 
I agree. I agree with that. It's Schmitty. It's the culture. And it's not, it's not just even the workouts. It's also the, I think the accountability down there is we don't hear probably enough about. There's some big time accountability going on. And there's reason maybe some guys aren't, aren't even getting a sniff of the turf because maybe they're not finishing workouts or doing the right things and they're being held accountable. So on that side, that's one thing we knew was going to happen was Venables, just that's who he is. And that part I would agree with, Jay. We talked about that that's going to be time. It's going to have some time, take some time to build the culture. And this is the weeding out process, as Travis Davidson mentioned, you know, a week or two ago on the on the pod. Is It's the weeding out process. And I do like what Hunter said. If we lose 15 guys, we're not going to be able to go out and get, you know, 15, four or five stars. These guys might not be bad because they're local and they – they get OU back in Oklahoma. Uh, that's some good thoughts there. Some of the well, best players we've had in recent years were the overlooked, preferred walk-on, three Sterling guys. Shepard. Sterling Shepard is the first guy that comes from Ramon Richardson. Who? You don't remember him back in 2000. He was a cool guy that played talent. at B.A. B.A. really didn't get any offers. He played at OU National Championship year. Corey Callens. No, oh, yeah, we could name several that kind of fit. I know there. this one is from Oklahoma, but Lee Morris is another preferred walk-on. Hey, hey, well, I mean, another under-recruited guy, in my opinion, was Trey Brown. I mean, he started, he got drafted, he wasn't a bad corner. Yeah, and you're, you're gonna have some guys leave. Not because of the culture, it'll be because they're not getting any playing time. But I do think you're right. I think a lot of it probably is the culture change. And so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of pans out for sure. Hey, and that's why, you know, we talk about tomorrow is just a, it's building on what happened last week defensively because we, we know the offense was pitiful. Okay. But the defense has gained some momentum. We want to see that again tomorrow. And then, guys, you get the 15 extra practices that you wouldn't have gotten, and that's when you're going to see some guys leave. You're going to see some other guys start getting some – like you may see DJ Graham in a bowl game. Uh, I mean, you may see it. There are going to be some things that happen in the 15 days of practice time, and that's why that win last week was monumental is because you get extra practices with these guys. And that was just huge. But I want to see, like we said, the defense and then see what happens after this game. But Yeah, for sure. Well, going back to the transfer portal thing for a second, you know, under the previous uh, re- regime or staff, whatever you want to say, players were allowed to skip workouts and show out late. And whenever they did that this year, they they got punished. So, you know, I mean, I think that's another thing that's changed. And also, I mean, speaking of, like, next – or actually tomorrow, we don't know who Tech is going to start a quarterback because they can start th- three different guys. And Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, and their true freshmen. So, you don't know what quarterback you're going to see. I would say you would see Tyler Shuck start the game, but I expect them to use Donovan Smith quite a bit. Because we've well, struggled against the QB run game all year. And well, that's all Texas they do with Tech, them. 
Texas Tech, they go for it probably 70% of the time. There's not going to be a whole lot of punting from Texas Tech. That's what worries me. I mean, their OCs actually uh, was at Western Kentucky last year, led that really dominant offense led by Baylor Zappi. Uh, I'm worried that it could be – it's already a night game in Tech. Those are historically phenomenal matchups, you know, very well looked back on as shootouts and all that. I, that's what I'm afraid of is a, a shootout in Lubbock, and I don't know necessarily – if we can keep up because, I mean, what offense are we going to get? Are we going to get the first quarter offense of Bedlam or the last three quarters, uh, last 45 minutes play offense? Mm-hmm. Well, also, it's like if Texas Tech gets into a shootout, I don't know if their offense can keep up either because they're, they're an average offensive team and an average defensive team. Hey, they we, I mean, they're not great at anything. We do, but they average more oh. points per game than we do. Uh, Just shocking because well, I did not know yeah. that actually until I looked at the stats. I did not think that. I would have been shocked if they did it because I mean, just looking at who the OC is and what how well he did last year, I, that was my immediate thought before even looked at it. At least Matt Well, having Matt Wells on staff, uh, it's got to help us because he knows the personnel there. Uh, I know the system isn't exactly the same, but I think that's got to. That's got to be a little bit in our favor, having Matt Wells on staff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Matt Wells is a guy we could see potentially if if our OC does leave, like we've heard some little uh, rumblings about, to Ole Miss. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Wells is the guy that gets the – promotion up to offensive coordinator. Levy's not leaving. And I've been critical yeah. of Levy, but his, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the tweet on Twitter of that uh, touchdown pass to Stoops last week. That play call was unreal. Uh, to think the block, you know, almost like a pick to get yeah, Stoops on the well, well, That yeah. is one thing I have to give Levy is he can draw up some good stuff. I think a lot of it just comes down who he has out there swinging the ball. Well, also, that's true. Um, but, like, a lot of times, we've seen it a lot this year where plays just haven't been executed correctly. Especially, like, we've seen a lot of times where guys have came in on blitzes unblocked, um, you know, where receivers have dropped passes. That's happened several times this year. Yeah. And Gabriel's overthrown people that are wide open. That's exactly. happened too this year. So. Right. And that's, yeah, but, man. and I, I agree that Levy's made some good calls and the quarterback position hasn't been what it should be. And, you know, Brody brings this up as far as Malcolm Kelly would be a massive get. We, we miss Kel Gundy coaching receivers, guys. Yep. I, I agree. It's we need to go out to Malcolm Kelly. Decommitment. We have to get Malcolm Kelly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Evans was a guy that was, yeah, that wasn't necessarily a shocker. I am shocked that James Fawcett did say just two days ago when they recorded the podcast that he was fairly, like almost completely confident that because he talked to Anthony Evans recently that he was going to stay at OU. But I think a lot of that comes down to the drop-off of that wide receiver coach. Well, and yeah, he I think he even said that Gundy was a big reason why he decommitted. 
the whole issue. So, I mean, I don't know if there's, you know, Washington took over, and I don't know if there's been enough improvement from the receivers for him to be the guy going forward. So, Malcolm Kelly, if you look at TCU's receivers and their development, I mean, yeah, he's got to be the guy you go after if you're OU. Yeah, Cam yeah, Johnson's going to be a first-round pick. Well, even when he wasn't playing, though, early in the year, the other guys were stepping up. I don't think – guys, I don't know if he's going to leave there unless he just wants to come back to Norman because they're going to be in the college football playoff. you got to throw yeah. the money out. Money talks. Money talks. And it's his, it's his alma mater. Wait, do you guys know who Kansas State plays tomorrow? Kansas. Kansas has to beat Kansas State. If Kansas yeah. beats Kansas State, the Longhorns are in the title game. Kansas yeah. is not winning. Yeah, I don't see any way Kansas wins. Kansas is going to make up for their embarrassment last week of losing to Texas by handing it to them by purposely losing to the Wildcats to ensure Texas won't go to the <laughs> championship. I'm perfectly fine with that one. Hey, but back on Dylan Gabriel, we, we, we meaning me and Hunter, Hunter and I, especially Hunter, <laughs> pretty harsh and probably deservedly so, guys. I know if you look overall at the numbers, they haven't been awful at the numbers throughout the year, but what are your expect, what do you expect tomorrow from Dylan Gabriel? Well, I mean, I expect, uh, Completion percentage around 60 to 65%. Um, I'll go like 280 yards and like two to three touchdowns. I expect this to be a Dylan Gabriel performance. You know, he's not an elite quarterback. I know that. I'm pretty sure Hunter probably thinks I think he's an elite quarterback. I don't think Yeah, he it sounds like it most of the time. But I mean, he's not even, I wouldn't even but, say it. But, good. But he, he doesn't deserve some of the hate he gets. He kind of is very well deserving of a lot of it. I mean, he can't control drop passes, but, I mean, K-State, the defense is always bad. Overthrows cost us that game. I mean, there was multiple fourth down. There was multiple on wide open routes. I mean, Stoops would have scored from 50, and it was completely overthrown. I mean, he overthrows Mims more times than not all year long. Uh and well, then, well, and then also whenever they've started to connect on a couple of those throws, Mims has dropped them. It's the – yeah. There is something – my dad pointed it out to me that I never thought of it uh, on how it's so much different for a receiver to catch the ball from a left-handed quarterback compared to a right-handed yeah. quarterback as the ball's coming at him from a, a different spin. So, I mean, that that is a little different. Uh, I, I, that would make a lot more sense to me as – why there's been so many dropped passes from receivers. But, but it's a lot of through the years. But he has, has hey. when has he shown improvement? He hasn't. No, I mean, he's, he's honestly regressed. From he has. At, at UCF, he uh, was a 70% completion, had a 70% completion. Uh, now he's down to 62%. He had a 5 to 1 touchdown ratio. This year he has 16 touchdowns to. Four interceptions, five interceptions now. So under hey, yep. The hey, only thing that's improved are his interceptions. He's thrown hey, more because he's taken more risk. But it's the inconsistency, guys. It's the inconsistency with Dylan Gabriel. Here, here's the that's, deal. That's that's the problem. 
here's the deal. I've been kind of a backer of Gabriel. Uh, and as y'all know, I mean, I've kind of said he's not horrible and all that. But here's the truth of the matter, and nobody can disagree with it. He played at Central Florida. It's not the Big 12. It's not OU. Okay, everything at Central Florida is slower. When he's got into the the meat of the schedule, what you're seeing is that the gaps to throw the ball are smaller. He's not wanting to make mistakes. He's overthrowing it, and that's why his completion percentage has dropped. It's a totally different ball game. And also, this is the University of Oklahoma. We are used to having number one draft picks, okay? And we should get top-tiered quarterbacks. It's Oklahoma. Our offense is always good. It still should be good. We should get, like we're getting four and five stars. Nobody can deny that Dylan Gabriel's not a four-star quarterback. He's not, right? Yep. I mean, I agree with everything you've said. I honestly don't know how Dylan Gabriel was even a three-star. And he well, was at first, right? He played two years well, at Hawaii before going to UCF. No, no, he played he's high school in Hawaii. Yeah, he's from Hawaii. Hey, Here, well, he, also, he didn't play well, any. Also, co- also hey, part of the problem, part of the problem is everybody, not just fans, media, everybody touted him as an unbelievable quarterback, too. Going We've talked this about this. Yeah. Part of it was because we wanted him to be the savior, but also you have so many connections. We talked earlier about guys at the University of Oklahoma that weren't like highly recruited. Well, I can name three right now. One of them was a left-handed quarterback in the year 2000, Josh Heupel. And there's a lot of similarities, but there's one major difference between Josh Heupel and Dylan Gabriel. And here's what it is. The arm strength, it's the same. Josh Heupel threw a better deep ball, but here's the major difference. While Dylan Gabriel can run faster than Josh Heupel, Josh Heupel was amazing in the pocket and was the best scrambler and looking downfield as one of the best scrambler quarterbacks that we've ever had at OU. Hey. And he couldn't run worth anything. Hey, yeah, after the listen, last hey. 45 minutes of football I've seen from Oklahoma, I would rather Josh Heupel right now, currently, head coach of Tennessee, get out there and play quarterback. Dude, that is so wack. He's put on a lot of weight, Hunter. Have you seen him lately? I don't think he can be much worse than 11 straight incompletions. Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah? Here's the deal, though. You're talking about Josh Heupel that year. This offense with Gabriel is – two times, three times better than that offense. If you go look at the last five games of that year, the defense won almost every game, dude. Part of the reason, Jay, is well, defense was outstanding. No, part of the reason the is football. Too. Jay, football itself has evolved, okay? The, the offenses nowadays are light years ahead of those offenses. That's not even close. So we can't really say systems. We were the start of that system. After that year, Mike Leach came in and even opened it up even more. But we can't really compare systems of 2000 versus the system of Jeff Levy and Lincoln Riley. But I'm just saying quarterback decision-making, if Josh Heupel was in this system with these guys, hey, Traber brought up two other guys that were on that team. Quentin Griffin, dude. Like, Eric Gray, Quentin Griffin couldn't hold Eric Gray's jockstrap. Come on. Curtis Fagan, we're looking at some of these guys. I mean, 
I don't know how highly touted those guys were, but they just won. Agreed. Yep, well, see, if this year's Oklahoma team had the number one defense in the country, they'd be undefeated. Uh, hey, can well, somebody tell me Georgia's? Well, I mean, it's true because that, that year the defense was Captain number obvious. one. Well, yeah, Captain yeah, obvious. yeah, I know I'm saying it, but I don't even know why that comparison was brought up, Josh Heifel to Dylan Gabriel, because it's completely different situations. I agree with you, Jackson. It's a dumb comparison. Only only reason he compared them is because they're lefties. Yeah, well, I mean, also, on the defensive side of Baltimore, I mean, I think just play another consistent game, build off what you had last week, play another good four quarters, I think you come out with the win, so... All right, what are your score predictions? Well, me, uh, 31-24 Oklahoma. And I think Dylan Gabriel leads the game-winning drive. And Eric Gray punches in the game-winning touchdown. Okay, I'm, I'll go. I'll go next. I'm going to say OU. 48, Texas Tech 24. Brody's going to go wow. OU 42 to 38. Tech wins, he says. Well, I hope, well, Brody picked OSU last week, so that was good. Let's hear Hunters and then Traber and I'll give our score predictions. And uh, I'll go Oklahoma 42, Tech 38. Wait, no. Tech what? 38. Oh, okay. I thought you said 8. I was like, 42 to 8? Okay. Traber, so what's your prediction? Like, wait, so Hunter, you're saying Gabriel has a good game? I hope so. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot better. I mean, Tech's defense isn't the best. I believe they give up more points per game than we do. I think we'll get it done. I do think it will be. But I could easily see it going the other way. I mean, it's a night game in Lubbock. Crazy things happen. I mean, 2018, Robert Barnes had a pick two. I mean, in, uh, on the extra point attempt. I mean, we barely won that game, and Kyler was our quarterback that year. Dude, something crazy always. Happens in a lot of the OU Texas Tech game. Hey, well, do you want to know what? Uh, I think that we uh, score a special teams touchdown this week. We haven't scored one all all year. I think it's going to happen this week. Been saying that all year too. Is this the game Billy Bowman takes one, pick six? I think Billy Bowman gets him one this week. Hey, we have scored a special teams touchdown, Zach Schmidt. That is true. Turk's got him a touchdown pass. Well, my score prediction is 38-21 OU. And, guys, I'm going to go a little lower scoring. I'm going to go OU 31, Texas Tech 13. Same number that we allowed last week.
Yeah, well, I mean, so if all of us said to give us one key to the game, I mean, what would you say? Well, I think the biggest key to the game depends on how G- Dylan Gabriel plays. Gabriel's obviously a huge key, but I'm actually going to say it's it's the defense again. It's the tackling. It's the not just creating opportunities, but actually making the plays like we did last, really the last two weeks. I know it was kind of varnished over, covered over, glossed over with when Garrett Green came in. But, man, if you look at how OU played as – against JT Daniels when they were prepared for him and then how they played all game last week with 102 plays. It's just, you know, it's great to be excited about defense in Norman again. It's been so long. Well, yeah, also, I mean, I think one thing that we haven't talked about enough is how we forced Oklahoma State to become a one-dimensional team because they weren't able to run the ball. And I think if we can force Texas Tech to become one-dimensional again, the defense will be okay because we saw Oklahoma State started throwing up, throwing the ball early in the game, and Brent Venables recognized that. So started throwing confusing looks to Spencer Sanders, and then they tried to run the ball. It didn't work, so they were really kind of lost the whole game with everything Brent Venables was showing them. Jay Hunter, what's your keys to the game, one key to the game? Minimal offensive mistakes. I mean, you can't have three quarters of not scoring. You got to score pretty much every time. Said it last week. The limit starts playing. God, totally on the point afters. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing I said last week. Is you got to get off to a good start. You know, you need to jump on them just like last week. But this week, you got to finish a little bit better. Well, a lot better. But the whole key, I think, you get off to a good start, score your first couple drives, uh, defense gets some confidence, maybe it can snowball. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean. Pick one player of the game. Yeah. Either wait, side of the ball, one player of the game. I'm going to I'm gonna start with, I'm going with Billy Bowman. I'm going to go with Eric Gray. I think he's going to have his final game in a Sooner uniform, and he's going to show out. Uh, I'm going to go with Javante Barnes. I think he's going to break out. I'll I'll go with uh, Drake Stokes. Another good game. Last week he led the team in receiving yards at the score. I think he's going to have another big game in love with tomorrow night. You know, Hunter, that is who I was going to pick, but since you took him, I'll just take uh, Eric Gray. That's who I said, Traber. Brody likes Jaleel Farouk in a bounce-back game, and I I like that. I like that call, too. We have one prediction, that one score on college football that you have to pick. What's the game? The game, right? It's the game. And Michigan's going to roll them. Boys, give me. Are Are you out of your wait, mind? Wait, Ohio wait, State's Mich- gonna roll them. Wait, Michigan wait, will roll them. Wait, do we have an update on Blake Corum? You guys I have not seen that? one, but I I would say he's not playing. It looked pretty bad last week. 
Yeah, he's playing. Ohio State is winning the game because the weather's not going to be cold. C.J. Stroud can play in warm weather. I think that's the dumbest excuse, though, about the cold weather crap down there in Ohio that they always talk about. They struggle in cold weather. Everyone has to play in cold weather, but it's going to be in the 50s. I like Ohio State tomorrow pretty big. Uh, Tomorrow's going to be C.J. Stroud's uh, Heisman moment. He's going to lock up the award, take it away from Caleb Williams. Uh, I'm taking Ohio State by third. Yeah, I mean, if Blake Quorum doesn't play, I'm taking Ohio State. But if he does, I'm going to take the Wolverines. So it depends on whether or not he plays. So, guys, guys. I I think that's that's all that we have for tonight. Tomorrow night, um, I mean, pregame pod after the game like normal. I think it will be a little more of a – Longer pod. Enjoy uh, your time in Lubbock. Yeah, I can tell you about my, my experience at the game, whether or not I'll, Make sure. I'll be happy or sad. But Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you uh, follow us on Sooner Surge if you are not on Twitter and uh, social media and give us ratings. Review our pods. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Boomer. See you all. Yeah.